my mom was a single mom so I grew up not knowing who my biological dad was and so I felt like there was a piece missing so it was that whole learning to love myself as a whole person has really been the key for the more I love myself I find the more I can love others. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. Our guest today is a veritable powerhouse, no matter what she's involved with. And there have been many things through the years that she's been involved with, and she always manages to raise it to a new level. Her positivity, progressive, and forward way of thinking outside the box for a more effective and beneficial result. Her integrity is unparalleled, and she has no problem holding people accountable especially those in positions of leadership and authority to ensure that the best results are made. Through all this, she really is all things rainbows, unicorns, and glitter. Lots and lots of glitter. All of that is not just to help her feel good and joyful, but to spread that sunshine and joy to others as well. I'm pleased to present Tina Marie Scuderi. Tina Marie, are you ready to share your story of hope? I am. I'm so <laughs> excited to be here. And this is so fun. One of the cool things about Tina Marie that I absolutely find amazing is that she was involved with some amazing Miss America pageants. And so you have to kind of tell me the story of what that was like and how you got into that and lessons you learned from that. Because that's just, that's such a unique thing. And, and so I'd love to hear your perspective on oh, that. <laughs> well, truly, it was one of the most phenomenal, incredible experiences of my life. Like, I truly, that was a time of my life that shaped who I was. I truly owe a lot of who I am as a woman to the Miss America program. Well, my coaches and the people and my experiences mm. because of being involved in the Miss America program. So I don't know about you, but I remember as a little girl watching the Miss America pageant on TV. And I do remember when we here in Utah had our one and only Miss Utah win Miss America. And that is Charlene Wells. And she won in 1984. Um, And I remember watching that and thinking, she's blonde. She's from Utah. See, I can do that. So I thought, yes, I want to grow up and be Miss America. I know that I also wanted to be the first female president. I no longer want to be that. So <laughs> if I have the opportunity to be Miss America, I would probably still be Miss Do That. But anyway, I unfortunately, I'm too old to be Miss America now, though. So anyway, I happened to just, I found, I think it was in one of the local little papers, um, the Wasatch Journal or something like that. I found an ad looking for Miss Salt Lake Valley. So I did that. Um, So I applied and did the pageant. I had no idea what I was doing. Well, actually, I had done a couple junior Miss pageants when I was in junior high, which aren't really the same. They're different. And it was fun. You know, everybody in my junior high, we all did it. That's what, so it was fun. Miss America was a different, different level. It was, I knew I wanted to go to college. Well, and I was going to college, so I needed scholarship money. I needed money to pay for college. Oh, yeah. So I knew winning title pageants, I could get scholarship money in addition to all of the other really wonderful things because, honest, the scholarship money is good, and it was all the other things. So I did the Miss, Miss Salt Lake Valley. There was only five of us, um, and it was an in, my first time. It was definitely an interesting experience. The woman... Um, who won, we all pretty much knew she was going to win. So it, it was an interesting thing. She had participated before. She knew everybody, her and her brothers and sister were part of a local band. Um, so it was pretty much okay. And I was like, all right, it's still, I'm still learning a lot. Like I learned, you know, the elegant way to sit because, okay, Tom girl, I mean, tomboy, come girl, I'm in a tank top and shorts. That is, <laughs> that's probably what I'm most comfortable right, with right. 80% of the time, though I do like dressing up. 
I just didn't know how or mm. how much fun I enjoyed it until doing the pageant. So did the pageant. Well, fun fact, that pageant, Charlene Wells Hawks now, was one of the judges. So You're it was amazing me. to get judged by the woman that inspired me because I, well, I actually, I had watched Vanessa Williams too. So I mean, uh-huh. I went, I'm older. <laughs> so I've watched Miss America for many years. But to be, to have my very first pageant of Miss America to be judged by her was just amazing experience. So not winning or anything is totally fine because being able to say that I was judged by her and just learning more about her and her experience as a Miss America and stuff was phenomenal. Like oh, it was bet. great. Um, though it, again, my first pageant was kind of a, Oh, I'm not so sure. So I thought, all right, I'll do it again. Cause I'm one of those people that's like, Meh. Let's do something like as long as harm to none. Like, I'm like, all right, let's do it again. Let's see. Uh-huh. It didn't go so well. So then I found again an ad for Miss Salt Lake County. Oh my gosh. So Miss Salt Lake County, I had to keep calling this per the director. Could not get the director to call me back. Um, the name was Kelly. I of course assumed it was a woman. Nope, it was a guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, so which is great. So he finally gets back to me. So I do Miss Salt Lake County. And at the time, Miss Salt Lake County was the largest local pageant in Miss Utah. Uh, really? It was huge. I was the last contestant. And I was number 26, I want to say, or 27. So most, like I said, my first pageant, five. Oh. My second pageant, 26. Wow. So night and day difference. Um, and I did it. I was like, all right, this is fun. There was a lot more people, a lot more fun. Um, the current, the one who was the Miss Salt Lake County was actually Miss Utah. Oh, so she was there. So it was really very high quality. It was just phenomenal. I learned a lot, had a lot of fun. Like it was fun. Mm -hmm. I didn't win at all. Like I didn't even come close to placing, which was fine though. Again, cool part about that one. Um, being the last contestant, I was judged by one of the judges was from the Miss New York state pageant who worked with Vanessa Williams, oh. who coached her and got her to Miss America. So wow. I mean, how my first two experiences, like the two Miss Americas at that time that I really knew that it was like, I mean, there were some others that those are the two that really as a little girl stuck with me. Um, so they had a have a tradition back east is the last contestant during the interview process gets to ask the judges one question. Ooh. So I was the last contestant. I was like, great. Okay. So not uh, being the feminist that I was too, I was like, <laughs> why do we got to wear swimsuits? I mean, I asked that a lot more. <laughs> Elegant, of course. I said, okay, my question is this. That's easy. One question, easy. Why do you have us wear swimsuits? And the response from all the judges, especially him, was because we need to see two things. One, how confident are you? Because if you can walk around in a bathing suit, and Miss America at that time it was a very nice, well-fitted, one-piece suit, mm-hmm. a swimsuit, and then we had to wear heels, you know, to make it more elegant and stuff. Um so again, if you're, we can see how well you're confident walking around in a swimsuit. It's like, cause you can hide behind the pretty dresses. You can hide behind your interview suit. Your talent is something that you're passionate about. So your confidence, we can truly see from wearing this when you're in the swimsuit. The other thing is Miss America is a physically demanding job. I mean, and most people don't realize how demanding it is. You are on, when you are Miss America, you start the moment they crown you, you go right into a press conference and it is nonstop press conferences and traveling and you don't see your family for a year. Like it is a, you work seven days a week. You are all over the place and you are representing Miss America. You are their spokesperson. And so you've got to be able to just go and be in front of the media and get Mm. asked the questions and get, just to have that stamina. And I was like, oh, so after that, I was told, and which was great because it was my second time being, then we did the swimsuit part. So we start with interview, then you do swimsuit, and then you do talent, and then you do evening wear. So I was like, great. 
Anyway, fast forward, of course, didn't win, had a great time. It was a lot of fun. I'm giving the pageant director, Kelly, a hug goodbye, and he whispers in my ear, he goes, are you going to compete again? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I think you should, and I want to coach you. And I went, what? Really? He's like, yeah, call me. And I was like, okay. And sure enough, from that point on, he and I became the best of friends. Like, he... He's one of those people that, because of being Miss America and I got to meet him, he helped mold me, helped me gain skills. Uh, one of his Miss Salt Lake Counties and her step down that I helped her get prepared for Miss Utah, she said the one year with doing Miss Salt Lake County with Kelly and Stan, because they were co-directors, was like a four-year degree. Really? Yeah. And it, and it is like, I can look back and just the time working with him, um, I learned so much from him. And then I met other amazing people, um, like my friend, Maya, my friend, Martha, who, uh, and Martha's daughters, I got to meet them. Um, one of her daughters was Miss Utah, um, too, who was one of my favorite Miss Utahs. Just the people that I met were, and who they genuinely helped, like, they wanted people, women, to grow into these amazing women. They It wasn't about that crown. It wasn't about the title. It wasn't about the scholarship money. It was helping us become the absolute possible woman we could possibly be. Like The workshops we did was the personal development workshops. You know, mm-hmm. yes, we did the whole, here's how you walk elegantly and in four inch heels because at the time there was certain requirements. I think they've loosened on some of the requirements. Well, I know they have. So like there was a specific Miss America turn. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we practiced. That was a whole workshop of here's the Miss America turn and in heels. And like they, like I did wash dishes and vacuum the floor to learn how to walk gracefully in heels. And really, yeah, because that's one of the things they said, because Tennis shoes, like yeah, tennis same. shoes and <laughs> dance shoes. Like my high, my only high kind of heel shoes I would wear for proms and school dances, or my tap shoes for dance company. Like there was no, no four inch heels. No, like, and that was or walking up and down stairs and four inch heels. Like it was, <laughs> so yeah. And even in one of the my coaches said. And this is what I loved. I learned from her was we're not in competition with everybody else. We are in competition with ourselves, And that's how I've always felt. So that's why I really don't understand all of these, especially women who are so negative competitive mode to Mm. where they're catty and they me, me, me and take somebody out. And it's like, but you're not in my competition. Mm. We're not in the same. I have a business coach now that I'm working with and she's basically says the same thing. Like there are tons of coaches in our group and she's a coach and she's like, I'm fine. Like, and she says, people ask her, how do you have these? Why do you coach other coaches? Aren't, don't you see them as competition? And she goes, no, because there's only one me. No one can compete with me. Mm-hmm. And that's something I learned in Miss America competing for Miss is nobody can compete with me except myself. So the whole goal is, to do better than you did before. Mm. I mean, yes, winning the title and the money, the scholarship money and everything, that's wonderful. But the whole point is as long as you improve and you do better, that's really the point. Um, Can I ask you just a quick follow-up with that? Because I think this is something that people struggle with just in general. Women especially, I know men do as well. Um, Struggling with that self-worth and being confident inside. And I can see that you talk about the Miss American pageant as really helping you kind of settle into finding your best self and being your best self. What are some of the things that you feel they taught you in some of these workshops or however else you guys practice or learn that helped you realize I can be comfortable in my own skin? And sparkle, because that's what really your theme is now is sparkling, helping people sparkle their own sparkle. What what are some of those things? Well, one was we did core values. And one of the pageants, it was Miss West Valley. When I competed in Miss West Valley, we did our core values. Um, 
so interesting side note um in pageants a lot of the workshops we did and stuff were nlp based which i didn't understand or know so nlp is neural linguistic programming okay so jump forward i then have that's what i use like nlp has shown up lots over and now i'm actually certified and that's what i use mm. in my workshops and because i am a certified practitioner and train so i can um utilize these and help people find their inner treasures and sparkle but it's just for me i just wanted to share how these things have shown up in my life all the way yeah. in miss america so we did core values and i still have the from many years ago <laughs> i over 20 years ago, I have my core values. And sure enough, it still sticks. Like one of them was integrity. Like integrity is one of those that has stuck with me. For a lot of them, especially being in Utah, it was family. Family was a huge thing. Um, but for me, it was honesty and integrity and truthfulness and loyalty. And, and to me, all of that is wraps up into integrity too. Mm -hmm. So I learned that. Like that was one of the big ones is our core values. Um other workshops that we did was it was confidence building um though even the walking in the hills that is confidence building and being secure in who you are because those hills are not easy to walk in no they are not i was gonna say it's interesting that you mentioned that because sometimes and i've noticed this in myself is that if i set like a little goal to do something mm -hmm. and then i accomplish it something like Gosh, if you told me I had to walk in four inch heels, it would have to be like a major goal for me because I don't do that very well. I like flats mm -hmm. <laughs> and comfortable shoes. So, but I can see how if you set a goal to do something and then you accomplish it, it like, hey, I did it. You know, it's that natural boost of confidence. Like, oh, look what I did. I did something I never thought I could do. So I can see how, how learning to walk in four inch heels Setting that goal, accomplishing it would naturally boost your confidence in yourself. Well, if I can do this, maybe I can learn the Miss America turn or maybe I can, you know what I mean? You mm -hmm. can, you, if I can do this, I can do something else. And so continuously setting maybe a, a harder goal or something like that so that you can then accomplish that. Does that make sense? It does. Exactly. And that's actually what happened for me was I was like, oh, because like, well, back to my friend Ken Berry, the judge from Miss New York, was um, having that confidence to walk in the swimsuit just all around. And it did. So, of course, when you wear the pretty gown, the evening gown that's with all the sequins and the rhinestones, you are going to naturally feel mm -hmm. just pretty, or at least I did. I was like, yes, I loved it. And look at me and floating on clouds. I mean, that was something, too, we learned when you walked as a contestants it was floating on clouds that was something that has stuck with me and I still use uh, today um actually tell the women in the bridal parties when they help my husband you're floating on clouds uh -huh. and it's a visual it uh -huh. helps I watch people go oh because I know it worked for me but yeah so floating on clouds though the more confident I was when the swimsuit if I could walk out there on stage in a swimsuit and like yeah. And you know, you got the people doing the cat calls and what have you. And I'm still like, I'm rocking it. I got this <laughs> and I've got like, cool. That just, when you put on the evening gown, of course it even more, you're even more elegant and more confident because part of the evening gown is we would get asked a question. We wouldn't know what question on stage in front of everybody, just like they do in Miss America. And so, and that part I always loved. I'm like, I have always loved it but and then also it's again doing building your confidence like you said setting the goal and being able to walk in the four inch hills also that confidence comes through in your talent mm -hmm. so I did dancing because I'm a dancer and loved it so it helped me even it just is a ripple effect it just affected everything and we goals was another thing like we had to set here are certain things that we learned on goals and how to set better goals um interview skills I can pretty much my interview skills are amazing like I mean they might be a little rusty because I really haven't done it back then I could have walked in and for the most part be one of the top if I didn't get the job I could have been one of the top people like I 
always, always, always scored high on interview. Uh-huh. Um, my interview, I scored super high. Like that was, a, I knew I was great in that area. You have the gift yeah. of being able to speak confidently. And yeah. That's awesome. And be able to ask all sorts of questions. Like we, of course, knew, had to know, like I was reading the newspaper because back then we didn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah, like I we know, do now. Right? We didn't have Google. So, you know, I had to read the newspaper and you know, stay up to date and CNN and all of that. And the other thing was timeliness and punctuality. Like, oh, I, that was, oh my gosh, I was always late. I was always late for stuff. Um, And we pretty much got told, if you care about anything, you show up 15 minutes so I would have to show up on, so on time was 15 minutes early. Wow. I mean, so, so yeah. kind of like the was, military. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It was pretty much you show up because how you show up, if you show up on time, it's how you, it just helps the rest way. So when I showed up on time, the 15 minutes early, I had that time to be calm and prep myself. I, you know, it, when I could walk in the hills, I felt more confident. It just... I stood taller, like it just helped all the way around. And those are all skills that stay with you. You know, mm-hmm. the crown, it's a one time, it's it. Like you mm-hmm. can only be Miss America once. And I think you can only be Miss Utah once. Mm-hmm. Like it's a one one and done, that's it. You get a one time. But those skills are lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a lot of people who knew me, all my friends are like, why are you doing this? Because I want to. It's Miss America, you know. So I'm young, and yes, it's about the pretty dresses and the crown and all that, but it was something I wanted to do, and they're like, but you're you're such a feminist, because I was. I'm all about women's rights. I'm all about (laughs) equality and equity, and let's all be fair to each other. And And that's why the swimsuit thing, and so it was nice to be able to have that answer and say, yeah, but I now know that I have the confidence. I know I need to work on my physical fitness, which I knew I needed to anyway. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, the skills I gained from that, I didn't learn in school, mm-hmm. not high school. I really wish we taught those in high school. I didn't learn them when I was attending the U or Salt Lake Community College. Mm-hmm. And actually, some of them I didn't learn until I started doing, like my NLP training, started mm-hmm. doing that. Did I learn some of those skills? Wow. And because I had those skills, it helped me to do other stuff. But yeah, these are skills that they're not taught. And that's also why realizing now, I truly feel by sharing those gifts and teaching women those skills in different ways. Like, like they need to be in fun, bite-sized ways because especially now we have such short attention span we we need to have it in bite size and it's gotta be fun so it can be easily digestible and usable um because i also i i have spent years and lots hundreds of dollars if not thousands of dollars attending workshops and purchasing you know this online course and this book and doing this and that and some of it is great i mean it's all wonderful though Unless I had the support system and unless I had that constant accountability, I'm not going to keep doing it because some of it takes, if it takes more than an hour to do, I'm really not going to do it. Quite Mm -hmm. honestly, if it takes more than 10 minutes, most (laughs) of us aren't going to do it, especially now. So yeah, all of that from Miss America has helped me go, okay, here's where, get me to here. Wow. So, I know that was kind of a long explanation. No, well, and, and, and I have some follow-up questions yes. in there because I think these are things and skills, and you've totally changed my perspective about the Miss America pageant. And, you know, and I remember watching them when I was little too. And and it is always fun to dress up and pretend. You almost look, they look like princesses up oh, on the stage, you right. know. <laughs> so channel your inner princess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's neat to hear the values and the skills that you learned that made you so confident and helped you do that because you're growing up, circumstance wasn't ideal. No. You grew up with a single mom. Yes. And you were able to go from that to this confident, amazing woman who now is inspiring others. And I just think that is 
that is quite a journey, right? To to start where you started and to end up where you are, and now to be at a point in your life where you can help and lift and inspire others. I think that's an incredible journey. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to have Tina Marie share with us two amazing types of people she's been able to work with that have taught her to better love all people. Are you looking for a gift for a friend, sister, or mother who is really struggling right now and you're not sure what to get them? It's hard for me to sometimes find those gifts. And so today I'm so excited to tell you about this booklet, The Mother's Might. It's a perfect, simple, inexpensive gift you can give your friends, your family, your sisters, anyone that you want to share this story with. And it will be meaningful. It's not just a little piece of candy that they eat and forget. It's something they can read over and over again because so often we, as women, feel alone and overwhelmed and burdened and like there's so many things weighing upon our shoulders. And what I love about this story is that it points us to Jesus Christ in our times of trouble, that he understands us, he loves us, he knows what we're going through and he is more than willing to help us bear that burden And I love that about this story, that it gives not only me hope, but it will convey that sense of hope for all of you. So get your copy of it today, TamaraKAnderson.com slash store. You can order one, two, 10, 20, however many you want. And we will get those to you so you can get them distributed. All right, now on to our show. And we're back. I've been talking to Tina Marie Scuderi about the many experiences she had during her Miss America pageant years. And now we're transitioning to another aspect of Tina Marie's journey, which is all about love. Now, one of the other things that I love about you is that you have an incredible love for all people. And why don't you tell me a little bit about why you feel so passionate about loving all people and and how that feeds into your sparkle mission now well so i didn't always love all people (laughs) okay let's be honest i didn't always love all people um i definitely in my 20s was very i didn't love all people in my 20s, I was very involved doing HIV AIDS education um, and working with Campus AIDS Project up at the U and Utah AIDS Foundation mm-hmm. and the American Red Cross. So my 20s were in the 90s. HIV and AIDS was not talked about really. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember when I worked for Utah AIDS Foundation and we, we weren't allowed to leave messages for people because you couldn't say anything about Utah AIDS Foundation oh. because of the, the stigma of, you know, um, we couldn't, any of the mail just ha- didn't even have a return address. I don't, there were times it didn't have a return address. Wow. Um, they couldn't have logos. They couldn't be out there and do billboards. I mean, they just started to do billboards in the mid 90s mm-hmm. because of the stigma, because of the, um, prejudice and discrimination that happened and to me that's I think that's where I started to learn to love more people because I didn't know to the best of my knowledge when I got involved I didn't know anybody that was HIV positive what I knew was the Ryan White story and who was the young hemophiliac who got it from a blood transfusion and I watched his story and followed his story of how this poor boy who he wasn't contagious mm-hmm. yet could not go to school yeah. you know was couldn't drink at the drinking fountain so i mean similar to um the civil rights you know yeah. black people not being able to drink out of the same drinking fountain as white people i've seen it with lgbtq people you know gay and lesbians not being able to use the same bath it doesn't rub off okay mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not a disease it doesn't rub off and especially with hiv and i realized there was a lot we didn't know we were learning it was a learning process but so that was my first bit why can't we love everybody so the people i didn't like were the people who didn't get it who were mm-hmm. so close-minded i really didn't like those people mm-hmm. and probably didn't love them like i really yeah let's be honest, <laughs> i probably did at that, i didn't love them so 
Though what I did learn too from my friends who had HIV and from working in that community and environment and as back then for some, we they didn't know. It was a death sentence. So mm. the moment they were tested and found out they were HIV positive and then the diagnosis of full-blown AIDS and then death, for some could go months or within a couple years. Mm. Now I do have friends that have been with me and that we've become really close. Um, they're part of my five. I have, I have a top, uh, not a top five, I should, but a, a list of five people that I've always said, the moment that those five people are gone, I'm out. I just, it would be too much for me to do because watching them die and it was a horrendous death at times and lonely like so many of them died alone so that's when I started to learn more like why can't more people love that's the part is the people I didn't love is the people who couldn't love which I Mm. sure seems really odd (laughs) so I was mad and angry though as I've gotten older and wiser yeah I've learned love is the most powerful energy gift tool whatever you want to call it feeling emotion and especially when it's unconditional because i mean we all love and a lot of us are really unaware i know i am and i'm working on it that we love with conditions i'll love you if you do this i'll love you if you fit in my box of this i'll love you or i love you because you do xyz so for me now that's my next level of unconditional I love people, even people that are have been horrible to me. I love them unconditionally. It doesn't mean I like them because that <laughs> is something too. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally, totally different things. Love and liking somebody are completely different and they don't always have to go hand in hand. So mm. uh, I really believe we can love everybody unconditionally. We don't have to like them and we don't have to agree with them. And that is something too. So the more... I did the work in the, especially the work I've done in the LGBTQ plus community, and that's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned the more I can come from a space of love, the better, because believe it or not, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's fear. Really? It is fear. And I actually learned that from a dear friend of mine, um, Bruce, who he, when he talked about it, I went, oh. That's so true, because if you think about it, what do people hate? It's things they fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there is genuine hate. I do believe that there are some things that are there is that, and people that genuinely have the hate, mm-hmm. um, and that is more of an emotion that is tied more for me, what I believe is more with anger and stuff, but the opposite, which people would think love and anger are opposite. No, it's fear, because mm. once they don't fear something, They can love it. Yeah. If you really, so once I learned, started thinking about that and learned that, it's true and I've watched it. The more I come from a space of love, especially the ones with fear, they go, they're not so combative, they're not so defensive, and they are more willing to at least come to the middle. They don't ever have to, we don't always have to agree. Like I said, they don't have to come to my side. And that's the work I saw with, that I, and I saw this really happening with the work I did um, in the, that I and do in the LGBTQ plus community. And especially with um, an organization that my husband and I and another friend started back in 2003, um, Transgender Education Advocates of Utah. And what that organization was started for, and it's since evolved to do other things, so, is to help those who were transitioning from one gender to the other. Because back in 2003, there wasn't anything. Really. So, and those are people I have watched too. That's helped me learn or grow my capacity of love of watching these people that are so miserable. I mean, there's parts about my body. I'm not thrilled. I mean, I weigh more than I would like there. I wish, you know, I was healthier and could climb stairs and hike and that like there are things. Absolutely. But you know what? I still love my body. I still love being female. I might, you know, be the tomboy Tom girl female, and I still love being female. Mm-hmm. I've watched these people who they truly, yeah, they hate and they despise. And to them, dying is a better option than living. Wow. And so to watch them 
then be able to transition when they realize and they're able and have the body parts they desire to have and watch that the night and day and then watch them truly be them and just be these amazing people most like it's how could you not love those people how could you not want to help them so that's one of the reasons i was like yes again though people don't understand god doesn't make mistakes you're born in the body god put you in okay though i believe we're all souls our body's just packaging okay mm -hmm. it's our soul depending on the lifetime like so i know my soul is absolutely female um and I know people in the, that are transgender that you can tell that their soul, I mean, just everything about them just oozes opposite of what their body says. Like mm -hmm. you just know, you can tell that there's a disconnect. And then when they get to be in the, have their body fit, it's just, it's beautiful. So again, they're just human beings. Why can't we love them? You know, it's why do we, why why do we have to judge people based on a skin color or a religion or a disease or them not having them being in the right body that they feel they should be in? That's not our journey. Why are we judging? Why can't we love and let them and assist mm. them? So yeah, I, again, speaking up for the underdogs, was like, all right, let's do this. And we met with legislators that are your most Republican, conservative, and close-minded mostly because they don't have that experience and i'm not saying anything negative about them those are negative things it's just i watched them and then when you could have we could go and have the conversation with them of explaining that that when people feel death is better than living and explaining the difference i watched the the walls come down i watched the fear dissipate yeah you know and so to me, seeing, I've been blessed to be able to be part of that and watch that. And that's what's helped me grow my love, love muscles and just really have a space of love, even more so because I really believe if more people were, you know, felt secure of who they were, had their self, knew that they were valued and had self-worth, I just feel the more that we are in that space and that's and more that we're in a space of love that we know what our passions are and are in the space of following our passions and finding our inner treasures and knowing our value and self-worth the better the world would be we would not have the world we have right now yeah um and and I'm not saying we would all have to be the same and we have to, you know, kumbaya. I'm sure that's what a lot of people are thinking. No, it's a difference. We all still need to be individuals because, quite honestly, if we all liked vanilla ice cream, that'd be so boring. Wouldn't it, though? Yes. It's good that we're different. Yes. No, yeah. if we could just be in a space of love. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, I'd be happy if we could all be in a space of love. I agree. Um, I agree. So. so what I've learned listening to you share your story right now is that it seems to me that there are at least two components to helping dispel fear of something that you don't understand. And one of them is education. Yeah. And then probably being introduced to people who are in that situation. Is that, is that, would that accurately describe it? Yes, because it's really easy to dislike and be judgmental of that person over there because you have no interaction. I see it happening a lot right now over the years. I love the internet. I love Facebook and TikTok. Well, TikTok, <laughs> I'm still figuring that. But, you know, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I, the whole, especially like Facebook and Zoom. Oh my gosh, I love it. It uh -huh. has, it in some ways definitely has made our world smaller, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just that whole wonderfulness that, you know, every Monday morning, I'm in a meeting with women from Canada, Netherlands, Egypt, all over the UK, um, Scotland, I think France. Like, mm -hmm. that's amazing to me that I get mm -hmm. to do that yeah. every Monday morning. Um, prior to Zoom and Internet, would have never happened. Right. Though what I also see is it's such a disconnect because we don't have that face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. that human 
the energetic exchange with people. So it's so much easier for people to be like, oh, I don't like you and attacking versus once yes. you put a face and be able to have that, see that person, you know, um, so like, especially, so two incidents, situations so like my friends that when they started with HIV and AIDS education um I got to watch again people who to the best of their knowledge had never met somebody that was HIV positive or had had AIDS Mm -hmm. to the best of their knowledge and I say to the best of their knowledge because we don't know right um being HIV um or positive or having AIDS being LGBTQ you don't know. Mm-hmm. Just like you don't know somebody's religion necessarily unless they wear something that's specific to that religion. Right. You right. don't know. Yeah. So it's you until you actually know and put the face. And they have watched people go, oh, so you're human. Oh, you remind me of my uncle. Oh, you remind me of my aunt. Oh, you remind me of my brother. Oh, you're a mom. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Um. It's that connection that we need. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we went back in when I long ago, we would do what was called PWA panels, which is people living with AIDS. And we had people sad to say that we had to have these people go in to schools or do panels and they would share their experience. And then I would watch people who attended these events go, oh, well, you're just normal. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like people who are lesbian and gay, the whole coming out. And it's like, Oh, well, your partner is like my wife. Oh, you have the same issues? You fight over who's doing the dishes or taking the trash out (laughs) or who's cooking dinner that? Oh, like it's once you just realize and take down those perceived um, assumptions and judgments and barriers, it does help. Now, there's also the flip side that people just snap and go, oh, you're the enemy. I can't be around you. Mm. Uh, most of the time what I have watched and experienced and I've watched it with people who are trans because again I can guarantee I can guarantee beyond a shadow of doubt that most of us have met at least one person at least one person who is trans who has actually transgender and what I mean by that is someone who has is somewhere in the process of transitioning from one gender to the other mm-hmm. i can guarantee it oh, yeah. um now transgender or the trans that's a whole big umbrella and we won't get into that so what i mean by i can guarantee somebody's met somebody is because you don't know i mean you have no idea unless you know them really well right right or unless they've disclosed like unless you've known them previous like if you've known them or they've disclosed to you you don't know like mm-hmm. it is and i can guarantee that i've watched it you know, like these people, they have no, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like I can show you celebrities. Um, that was part of what we would do with our Trends 101 is we would show a whole bunch of pictures of different people and ask people, well, which one's trans? Who do you think is trans? And they'd be like, oh, none of them. Guess what? All of them were. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, or maybe one. Pick out the, you know, there was one who wasn't. Oh, wow. You know, because you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Unless they come out and they tell you that. Mm-hmm. So, and again, every single one of us, just like every single one of us prior to it being more open and accepting, all knew somebody that was lesbian, gay, or bisexual. So all of us knew somebody, all of us know somebody that's HIV positive. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee mm-hmm. every single one of those things. Yeah. You know. So, we've established that. It's important, first of all, to educate yourself, especially if yes. it's something you fear or don't know enough about. Educate yourself. Yes. Talk to somebody. Try to get a connection so that you feel like you have a better understanding of it. Because the more we learn, and I, I found this even with diseases like autism. When yeah. I when my son was first diagnosed with autism, it scared me. Right. And it really, like I didn't want to talk about it. But the more I've learned... I mean, to the point now where I, I'm a huge proponent of autism, you know, and it's just a matter of educating yourself, having connection to someone who has it. And, and, and it goes the same way and learning that you can love people with all different disabilities, challenges, um, whatever they're going through, you can love them. So what would you say is the key then to 
learning to love people who you're struggling to love? Because I know you said that you're on your path moving forward and you've obviously overcome some obstacles in your life. Um, what are some of the things you've found that have helped you overcome these barriers when you, perhaps somebody has hurt your feelings or something like that? What are some things that you have done to overcome those barriers? The, the biggest thing is I've got to love myself. And working on self-love has been a huge thing. Um, you know, as you said, I my mom was a single mom. So I grew up not knowing who my biological dad was. And so I felt like there was a piece missing. Um, and my mom and I have talked about this. And then she remarried and an amazing man who loved my brother and I as his own and wonderful dad. He was our dad. So, mm-hmm. but... I grew up feeling like there were pieces missing because I watched everybody else. So it was that whole learning to love myself as a whole person has really been the key for the more I love myself, I find the more I can love others. Another piece is forgiveness, especially when they've been caused harm to me or someone I love or been so awful towards me. Forgiveness for them, forgiveness for myself, which most of us forget that we need to forgive ourselves. So it has really been working on truly, the more I can love myself, Mm -hmm. the more I can love them. And the other piece, other things too are, I don't know their situation. You know, Mm -hmm. I remind Christopher all the time when we're doing driving and he gets all irritated with um, people on the road and stuff. And I'm like, we don't know their situation. We don't know why they're racing. Okay. We don't know if they just got the call that their partner's having a baby and they have to get there. We don't know if the loved one, they got that call that you got, they're dying, get here now. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So again, not making assumptions. That's a big thing. No judgments and no assumptions. Because um, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Really and truly, we don't know. So if we could just love and say, send them love. And that's one of the things we do. We're like, may you arrive safely to your destination and everybody around you and sending you love. That's what we do. <laughs> I love shifting. that. <laughs> yeah. Shifting out of road rage, it's to shift in love. So it's a constant being consciously aware of what your thoughts and what you're putting out there. That's another thing to be able to love. It. It's just like it's a conscious effort. Like, like I said, I'm really working on going more and more of being able to love everybody no matter what. And there are days it's very challenging. <laughs> very <laughs> challenging. And there are some people that, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I take a deep breath. And I remember they're human. There's somebody's sister. There's somebody's daughter. There's somebody's mom. There's somebody's uncle. There's somebody's brother. We don't know. Mm. They matter to somebody. And I wish them well. I may wish them well, not far away from me. Okay. <laughs> That's something I learned from my mom. Wish them well, far away from me. You know, they can go live their happy life. And they do. I wish for everybody to be happy. Because mm-hmm. again, if I'm holding on to anger and not ha- and judgment and all of that towards people and not forgiving people, I'm not creating the world I want. Mm. So it is back to me being accountable and holding, being consciously aware of this is the world I want. I want to create a world. And I was put here on earth, I truly believe this, to help create that world, to make that change of a more loving, welcoming, compassionate world. And it starts with me. So yeah, it is that. Okay, I don't know. So I take a deep breath. Breathing is key. Breathing, (laughs) those deep breaths, count to 10, whoever came up with that or just put that out there. Brilliant. Right. So yeah, those are the things. The other piece thing I do is... How would I feel if somebody was reacting the way I was going to react towards them? Mm. I wouldn't like it. You know, I've been through several situations where people who didn't know me believed what other people were saying online and trashing me and what have you. And they all believed them. And they never knew, they've never taken the opportunity to get to know me. Mm. I know that doesn't feel well. So why would I want to put that out there when I know it doesn't feel well? Yeah. So it's that remembering I don't know their situation and putting myself in their shoes of sorts. I wouldn't like people doing that to me. Mm, that so, golden rule, right? Yep. <laughs> yes. That has always, as soon as I learned that, I was like, 
well, duh. So, of course, me and my logic, my logical brain uh-huh. is, well, why doesn't everybody? It's so easy. Do unto <laughs> others as you would have done unto you. Because, like, I'm not going to be mean to you because I don't want you being mean to me. So, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's so simple and easy. Uh-huh. But it's so hard to do. It is. <laughs> like, I'm so surprised. I'm like, why is it so hard? I, I know. I don't understand. But again, that's why I'm in that space that I just love, 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 love. The more we could just be in, the, be in a space of love. Yeah. No, this so. is this is amazing. And, it, and I loved as you were talking there how you started with the, one of the keys is learning to love ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that... It's harder to do sometimes because we know ourselves the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Mm -hmm. But I love how you talked about changing the way you think and that we have that control over our own minds Mm -hmm. and that when we see ourselves slipping into things like not thinking positively about someone, we can change that thought, right? you know, both about ourselves and about others, you know, and, and it's good. So let me ask you, this feeds into Tina Marie has this amazing Tina Tina Marie's Treasures. Yes. An online store. And tell us all about what you do and what Tina Marie's Treasures is, because because this has just become your mission in life. So to make help people love themselves and sparkle their own unique way. So and it's my name, Tina Marie's Treasures. And treasures, because we all have treasures inside of us. Sometimes we're not aware of them. Uh, We all have, you can call them gifts, skills, tools. We all have them. And what I have learned is our treasures are buried inside of us. So I'm helping people get those treasures out, like clearing Mm. their clutter, having more gratitude, setting goals, and celebrating. Um, And... You know, and for me, I am the devalicious diva of Tina Marie's treasures. I am not the CEO. I I'm not yes, I'm the owner, though I'm I am the devalicious diva. Mm-hmm. And which is a cool word to see CEO is. CEO is boring. Yeah. Or anybody you can got, be a CEO. Tina, you have to know so. something about Tina Marie. She's fun. So <laughs> Yeah. That's how I sparkle is being a devalicious diva. Mm-hmm. Now I empower everyone to find their own sparkle or shine. This also ties back to Miss America. One of my dear friends who was Miss Utah, she talked about shining your light from your heart. That was one of the first times I really understood that concept mm-hmm. and that we all have this light that can shine. So again I learned it back in Miss America. It really a lot ties back to Miss America. So uh-huh. So I don't know what that light shining. So it might be a shining light. It might be a sparkle. It might be being delicious. It might be being glitter, sparkly, being glittered ever glitterified. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I don't know. What I do know is we all have it inside of us, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I want to help people bring out and be more confident in, and being able to really step into that. And the sad part is, is I feel a lot of us need permission because we have been told in all in so many different ways, dim your light, dim your sparkle. Don't be who you are. You know, you got to fit in to this mold, whether it's our parents saying, well, you're going to go to this school, you're going to be a doctor mm-hmm. or our friends of, well, you've got to fit into this clique and we all look like this. Or if it's a job, you're, well, this is the degree you have, so this is a job you can do, you know, or society saying, well, you're of this religion, so you must fit in this box, or mm-hmm. no, we, I need the permission to be ourselves, clear all that, that's all clutter in my mind, in my opinion, that's all clutter, clear that out, and you have permission to sparkle, or shine, or be delicious. Whatever it is for you, you have that permission to glow. Like, just do it. Now, I have Tina Marie's Treasures is a way that I'm able to take that into the world and do it in fun, easy, sustainable, elegant ways. Mm-hmm. And as I level up, I want to bring others up with me. And I want others to share that. Like, I, the more we sparkle, I don't know if you've seen that meme on Facebook. And it's someone who, they're the, uh, they're, 
they're yellow. They're colored in yellow. Mm -hmm. And they've got all these people, and they're not colored in. They're see-through. Mm -hmm. And they come over and they touch one person. And that part, you see, as the meme progresses, they start to turn yellow. So it's supposed to be sunshine, you know. Uh -huh. And more and more people, the more they touch people, the more that color yellow, the sunshine grows. That's what I want. That's me. I'm mm -hmm. the ripple. Like, I create that ripple and then have ripplers. I learned that word. I love that. <laughs> ripplers. People, I ripplers. like Because <laughs> it just goes on out. That is awesome. So why don't you spell your name oh. so people can find you? Yes. Because And I will for sure put it in the show notes because... Tina Marie is unique and wonderful, and her name is spelled uniquely and wonderfully. And so I know if you're going to go out and Google Tina Marie's treasure, you might spell it wrong. So so Correct. please spell it for us so people can yeah. find the unique and wonderful Devalicious You. And I can guarantee I am the only Tina Marie Scuderi. So it's T-E-I-N-A-M-A-R-R-I-E. So I I joke sometimes and because everyone's like, which letter is a double letter? Because I had to have, one letter had to be double. I'm all it's double R like Tigger, the double Gur. There so you go. Helps people remember that it's the double R's, not the double N's. Nice. So, so Tina Marie's Treasures dot com. Actually, it's Tina Marie dot com is my website. Oh, Tina Marie dot com. Yeah. Yes. And so, that will take you, and you can learn more about Tina Marie now. Before yeah. you go. You have some resources you want to share with yeah. us, some books, and then if we could end with the Bible verse, and, yes. and we'll call it a wrap. Okay. <laughs> so some of, a couple of the books that have really helped me and shifted my, uh, the way I look at things, um, one is Tony Robbins. Okay, Tony Robbins. You either love him or you don't. Yeah. I realize that, and he's not for everybody. I love him because that whole high energy and being that big I get it. Uh -huh. i like, yes, I totally resonate with that. Um, and when I was in high school is when, I want to say that's when his first book came out. Mm -hmm. So I ate, drank, and breathed everything Tony Robbins and anything else I could find under the self-help yeah. section. Because back then, that's what it was called was self-help. Uh -huh. And I'm like, well, I guess I need to help myself, you know, because <laughs> I know I want more out of life. So that's why I started. So, yeah, his... Anything Tony Robbins. And then um, The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scoville Shin. Believe it or not, these books were writ written in like 1929 and maybe 1940, 1914, I mean, so early 1900s. And once she talks about the law of attraction, and I don't know that she calls it that, but that's what she's talking about and mm -hmm. manifesting stuff. And then the way she talks about Jesus was like, oh, well, yeah, because she talks about Jesus being basically human like the rest of us, a normal person who just was really good about sharing his gifts and was very in tune with his gifts and wanted everybody to be happy and loving and um, shared his gifts. You know, and that's how I felt. Like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. The shining, like, right? Yeah, the shining. <laughs> and then more recently is Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. So she is um, a woman in New York who is all about empowering women to be goddesses and has come up with different techniques and has written different books. And she talks about, again, a lot of some of the stuff she talks about, I'm like, we kind of get that in. Miss America. And so with Mama Gina, she just, it really is about loving yourself. I love the fact that we are, that there are these tools and resources out there to help people go, oh, okay. You know, whether you come to me, which I would love, though I'm not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I guarantee that. I'm not for everybody and that's okay. And not everybody's for me. Though there's got to find your resource. Find that that's going to help you be able to be in that space of love and passionate and sparkle yeah so i love that you sparkle yeah. that is awesome all right why don't you conclude with your bible uh, verse about sharing love because this uh, this tina marie is love thank you <laughs> um so my favorite quote or bible verse is love is patient love is kind love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, 
hopes all things and endures all things. Love never ends. That's my absolute, I believe that because love is, like I said, the most powerful emotion tool, energy resource because we could all have love even if we just start with ourselves. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.